Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Marquia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those sheltering into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. Tiptoe through the terrors, but do not linger. Once the horrors awaken, they will hunt you. And then there's nothing left to do but run. Run and never look back. First, a mysterious letter demands to be read, followed by a poem of deceitful illusions. And then, a listener tells us of a strange encounter. And finally, a historic child-snatching creature. And we also have an interview with the director of The Craft Legacy. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Sharing someone else's secrets tallies up bad karma. Be careful of the stories you tell. They often reveal more about you than you know, as in this story submitted by Christopher. Antonio hosted a call-in radio show. The listeners loved all of the juicy topics he discussed and swore on the advice he had. One day, Antonio was going through the listener mail and came across a troubling letter enclosed in what looked like a tear-stained light brown envelope. A young man wrote in, asking for advice regarding his boyfriend. He wrote that they'd been together for two years, but had only just moved in together a few months ago. Since then, his boyfriend would snap, constantly, get jealous, and one night after they left a party, he slapped the young man. 
He knew that wasn't right, but he wanted to give his boyfriend another chance. The letter was signed, stay or go. Antonio really wanted to read that letter on the air, but his boss Raul told him to focus on the usual fluff instead. So he selected another letter about potential cheating, but stay or go stuck with him. As he went to his car, he could hear two men somewhere arguing. One sounded apologetic, the other just sounded angry. He looked around but couldn't see anyone. The coincidence was uncanny, and Antonio ran to his car, shutting himself inside. As he started his drive home, the radio crackled, and again, he heard two men arguing, just like before. Only now, the apologetic man was crying, and the angry man was even louder. Antonio turned off the radio, just as he pulled into his building's parking lot. The next day, when the new letters were brought in for Antonio, the same kind of envelope that Stay or Go sent the previous day was at the top of the stack. Only this time, there were more stains, and a few had an odd reddish hue. It seemed that the boyfriend was acting much worse than before. He seemed to take a bad turn. Once again, Antonio said they should really read that letter on air, but again, his boss said to pick another. So Antonio settled on another random cheater. Once he read the letter, he opened up the phone lines for listeners to comment. The first two took sides with the people in said letter. The third caller was different. Hey, Antonio's advice, who am I speaking to? Antonio asked. Please, I'm sorry, a voice begged over a crackling line. Antonio nearly dropped the phone. It was one of the voices he had heard last night. Somehow he knew it was stay or go. You ruined everything, you worthless piece of trash. Another voice boomed. Definitely the boyfriend, Antonio thought. Antonio cried for stay or go to get out of there, find shelter and get help. There was some kind of loud crash. Then the line went dead. Antonio raced over to the computer to see if he could find that last number. Just as he sat down, the power went out. His boss, Raul, walked in. Antonio asked Raul if he had heard the last call. His boss nodded and let him know he informed the authorities. Antonio breathed a sigh of relief as he left the station. Once he got to his car and started it, he heard the boyfriend screaming through the radio. Antonio tried to turn the station off, but all he kept getting was the man screaming. Finally, he turned the radio off completely. He drove in silence until he got to his apartment. Once he parked, the radio crackled back on, once again to the boyfriend screaming in rage, but also the sound of weak gurgling. He smashed down the power button for the radio, but nothing happened. Suddenly, it all stopped. Nothing but heavy breathing. Then suddenly, another loud crash boomed through the speakers like something being broken. The boyfriend screamed again before the radio started crackling once more. Antonio could hear the normal programming come back in, but before it fully took over, the man stopped screaming and several loud popping noises rang out. Then finally, just radio music again. Antonio jumped out of his car and raced upstairs to his apartment, but for some reason, as he made his way up there, he could feel himself fill with rage. 
He looked down at the shirt he wore and noted how wrinkled it was. He had no idea why it made him so angry, but it did. He flung his door open. The smell of a delicious meal filled his nostrils but did not cool his temper. A young man, close in age to Antonio, came out from the kitchen with his favorite meal. Filled with rage, Antonio found himself bellowing. You idiot! I asked you to do one little thing. Iron my good shirt for work. How the hell did you forget to do that? A voice offered an apology and Antonio was surprised to find it belonged to stay or go. Antonio stopped, unsure of what was going on. Stay or go turned and tried to run, but Antonio saw his own hand whip out and slapped him. The young man then tried to run for the door, but just like he was running on automatic, Antonio was hot on his heels. Stop it, Antonio begged himself in his head. He doesn't deserve any of this. Antonio jumped on top of him. Stop it, stop it, you'll kill him. Antonio cried in his head as he pulled out a gun. He didn't even have a chance to fight himself, fight his motions, and a flash, bang. The gun went off. It was too late. Stay or go was dead. Antonio's mouth dropped in shock. His hands trembled, soul hurt as he turned the gun on himself. Bang. Suddenly, the power went out in his apartment and he was submerged in darkness. When the lights flickered back on, he was back at his desk at the station. The door opened. It was Raoul. He had a sinister grin, and his eyes were now glowing red. He held out a plastic box full of letters. Here's today's letters, Raoul said in a deep demonic voice. Antonio looked at his box, who kept an unnatural grin. He noticed his fingers were clawed and red. He wasn't back at work, at least not really. It was his last couple of days alive. He kept replaying them over and over, remembering how the guilt caught up to him. It followed him into the afterlife. The demon posing as Raoul nodded, and Antonio realized he was in hell. It's what he deserved. Antonio slowly stood up, taking the box from Raoul, who turned and left. He dumped the box out on his desk in front of him. One immediately caught his eye. A tear-stained, light brown envelope. Thank you so much, Christopher, for sharing this story with us. Do any of you have stories about possible judgment in the afterlife? Share them with us. This story did deal with sensitive subject matter. Abuse is never okay, and help is out there. Anyone who needs help can find it by contacting thehotline.com, which has resources if needed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. 
when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Looks can be deceiving. Even a pretty face can hide more than a devil inside. Like in this poem submitted by Avanti. On a cold, dark, and stormy night, I was walking to my home. There was not a soul in sight. I was very much alone. All of a sudden, I could see a figure through the mist. At first, I thought it was just a lady, but she came close and my stomach began to twist. She was unnaturally charming in a bright scarlet gown, an elegant bun set on her head, a place that never seemed to frown. I've seen plenty of horror movies to know that such beauty meant danger. Then again, I'd never felt such positivity radiating from a total stranger. I knew better than to talk to her, yet I could not help it. I tried to say something, but as she came closer, my voice had melted. Now she was less than a foot away, and I slowly began to calm. Though her smile was unsettling, she didn't seem to do me any harm. Little did I know how wrong I'd been, and my dread began to rise, when slowly her true form's hands clutched me, for I was its prize. Her pretty slowly peeled off, revealing a monster underneath. Her perfect smile gave way to show me her jagged teeth. Her canines dug into my flesh, and as I howled in pain, I saw more of these monsters staring and spitting at me in disdain. One by one, as they feasted, I felt nothing but pure agony. The last thing I saw was my blood, making their dresses darker than it should be. Thank you so much, Avanti, for sharing your poetry with us. We love poems that tell a story. If you have one, send them to somethingscary at snarl.com. And now, we share a letter from Brittany about strange occurrences. Hey, Something Scary. My name is Brittany. I've only recently found your podcast and I've been binging all the episodes while I deliver pizzas at night. I wanted to share an experience I had one night while I was working a few months ago. I was on delivery around 11.30 p.m., listening to an episode of Crime Junkie. On my way back to the store, I saw a dark shadow in the road, so I slowed down thinking it was just another deer or a bear as I see them pretty often in my area. However, as I got closer to it, it didn't change shape or get any clearer. It just remained a shadow. It was like a patch of black smoke. There was no other traffic on the road at the time, so I knew it couldn't have been from a truck. It was only in the middle of the road, so it wasn't a fire. I started to shrug it off and speed back up when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was a woman in the road, so I slowed down again, almost stopping to avoid hitting her. 
she was right in the middle of the smoke, just standing there, wearing jeans and a white shirt with no shoes. We have a lot of people who are homeless in our town, and this could have easily been passed off as a late-night wanderer, but there was something different about her. Her face was extremely gaunt, and she had waist-length black hair that was seemingly perfect. A little freaked out at this point, I quickly rolled up my windows and wondered if I should help. But then she started walking, very slowly, towards my car, screaming like a maniac. Again, in different circumstances, I might have helped them seek shelter, but this wasn't human-like screaming. Within a split second, she was right next to my car, shouting incoherently what sounded like, Let me in! Let me in! The smoke began to creep into my car. I began to choke and hear the voice inside my head. Let me in! Let me in! As if an entity was begging to take hold of my body, I grabbed a mask and put it on. Time seemed to slow, and I saw her face. Her eyes were very dark. Let me in! My hand began to roll the window down against my will. In that moment, I knew I had to get out of there, so at the risk of running her over, I punched the gas. When I got out of the smoke, I looked in my rearview mirror and saw her running after me at a remarkable speed, still screaming. Then she just disappeared, along with the smoke. I got back to the store, my heart racing, and I told my boss about the encounter. I have no idea what I saw that night, but I've heard a couple of stories on your podcast that reminded me of the incident, so I felt I had to share. If you or any of your listeners have any idea what that was, I would love to hear it. My heart still pounds a little when I think about that night. Thank you. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Crawling out of the folklore of Victorian England comes a gentleman demon who tells us of his vicious deeds and fearsome expanding appetite. There are those who deny my presence in the night. Averting their eyes, they hurry past as I snake through the alley over the hisses of cats. They believe to spot a shadow or a thief and not the horror known as Spring-Hilled Jack. Among the stalkers of those who stay out too long past wandering hours, I feed on the streets of London. The muggers and other lesser monsters make it easy to blend in. A wicked demon in wolves' clothing with an appetite to match. My sights now turn to the sleeping children who don't know the better of my shadow. As I hop from rooftop to rooftop, they think of me as Pan and not a devil man. When the clock strikes midnight, I ascend and seek out the most neglected of children to coax, to come close. Open the window and reach out to spring-heeled Jack. That's when I snatch. I dig my claws into their bedclothes and off we go. Their siblings cry in the distance when they stir much too late. In my lair, their fear feeds the maniacal monster within. The more they cry for mummy, the clearer my hearing gets. The more their eyes widen, the sharper my teeth get. It's feeding time for spring-heeled Jack. Souls shucked out of their small bodies. Tiny bones, now perfect toothpicks in a pile. These foolish children thought me a lost boy and not the crocodile. No fairy tale found, just a nightmare. Erased from existence, the missing children's copied faces plaster the London streets. Whistling in my gentleman form, I spy familiar faces who were my breakfast, lunch, and dinner dinner mere days before. Once a drunk looked at the posters and looked at me and dared point. It's him, Spring-Hilled. With the slightest effort of my shadow-like claw, I slit the man's throat. And in an instant, he was on the ground, flopping like a fish out of the sea. Blood trickled down the cobblestone gutter as he gasped for breath. The scent of alcohol in his blood wafted into the night air to waste not I drained him, not anyone was aware. Reports of my presence started to appear in murals on the streets in early November. And painted over the posters of the missing, my name was writ. Killed by Spring-Heeled Jack. The scent of the paint was fresh, so I followed it and saw a small hooded child run away, dropping their paint can. There was anger in the air and fear and delicious A chase would promise a sweet reward in the end, so I pursued. In the alley, I pulled back my human form and scaled walls with hooked claws, tearing into bricks and gaining on the child. 
From above, I circled, extending my wings, hooking into their back. A shriek sounded from the small form. Into the vastness of the sky spread the wings of spring-heeled Jack. I discarded the unconscious body into a cage. But as I walked away, I heard a gasp. Harry, said a voice from the corner. The other small child had awakened. And that's when I realized the plot. The child wanted to be taken. Oh yes, I could see it. Last night, one of the children who woke up too late to stop me. Oh, what a valiant effort, but so futile. In truth, I was the clear winner. Two meals and one for me, and their fear of not making it out alive made me stronger. With sheer glee, I stepped between them and the eldest stepped in front of me. Take me instead. Either one seeing the other die was enough for me to get quite a satisfying meal, so I shrugged. Suit yourself. Perry braced himself as the monster grabbed a hold of him. He'd been planning this since his sister was taken. He was terrified, and that only seemed to make the creature stronger. He had a surprise, though. Hidden inside his hoodie, all he had to do was strike the match. The monster paused with a puzzled look. He could smell the gunpowder of the firework Perry had hidden, but it was too late. The match was struck and the very short fuse was now lit. Perry shoved the explosive into the demon's gaping mouth and screamed, You have been bested. This is the end of spring Jack. The boy jumped free and grabbed his sister by the hand and ran. He stole a look back just in time to see the colorful explosion of the monster's head. Perry's plan had worked. He'd saved his sister and countless other children from Spring-Hilled Jack. Now, there's no killing me. There's only a slight delay. It may take time, years, to put myself back together, but they will pay. My shadow will rise to hunt the children and the grandchildren of those who sought to stop Spring-Hilled Jack. For Spring-Hilled Jack is forever and ever. I'll be back. And now our interview with writer-director Zoe Lister-Jones from The Craft Legacy. Joining me today, uh, Zoe Lister-Jones, uh, writer and director of The Craft Legacy. You know, this is not, I don't consider this a remake. I consider this, um, this is a moving forward. This is, yes, sequel, great. But what I like for this is like a reimagining of something that I grew up with. And, and it places it in a time of now where it can hit the beats that we need for it to do. So I Thank very you. much appreciate. <laughs> Thank I very you much so appreciate much. What you're doing this. No, no, no. Like seriously, um, our demographic is younger to um, early, uh, younger millennial, mm-hmm. and I, I what the first thing that I would love to talk about with you with this is the authenticity of what you brought um, to the craft legacy. Like, uh, in particular, there are phrases that you utilize where I'm like, you have. Yes, you have tapped into the witch pulse. <laughs> you have this. And I know you had uh, uh, Pam Grossman, also Brie Luna, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Fogel. 
um, Mm -hmm. on this. Can you please talk about why you knew it was important to bring these voices um, onto the set of The Craft Legacy and how you you utilize them? Well, you know, I am a believer (laughs) and, um, and I wanted to make sure that I was portraying witchcraft authentically and, um, and respectfully to the witchcraft community. And so I wanted to, um, engage with practicing witches in order to make sure I was doing that, uh, to the best of my capability. And, um, so Pam Grossman was an incredible resource, uh, for me. Um, she was really, um, such an asset during the development process when I was writing the script. She wrote the spells and invocations in the film. Um, and she also just gave me such um, an incredible education on the history of witchcraft and also the ways in which witchcraft is practiced now, you know, because I think we've seen a lot of portrayals of it that um, can feel a little more stereotypical and even villainized, you know. Um, and I really wanted to tap into honoring um, the divine feminine in the way that um, witchcraft communities have been doing for centuries. So um, she connected me to Brie Luna, who is better known as the Hood Witch. And I was already following on social media because she is the coolest. And um, and she, again, just like broadened that education for me across cultures. And, um, and also her aesthetic is like so sick. And so I did, I was, you know, she helped me with some visual references too. Um, and then Erin Fogel's our Canadian witch because we shot in Canada. And so she was there at monitor with me to make sure that, you know, the ritual objects were being placed in the correct manner on the altar and that the ways that the rituals were choreographed was authentic. Um, She was also there, Pam Grossman once said to us when we were were rehearsing with the coven, um, magic doesn't know you're making a film. Um, So, you know, Aaron was there to, um, you know, I guess do some energetic work if we needed it, if we were opening portals that we were not aware of, or, um, you know, she was doing stuff at the end of days that we were doing invocations where she was actually closing the circle, sorry, opening the circle at the end of our day off camera. Um, so yeah, they were, they were each just so essential to the process. Uh, I, I love that. Um, so much respect was, uh, taken with this, um, you know, this, this other part of, of life, this is something that um, our community talks about a lot uh, with things like this. It's, it's literally feels like you made different covens to also utilize uh, to be able to have this project go into fruition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, speaking of covens in general, I mean, obviously working with uh, Blumhouse, which uh, very much. We are, we're huge fans of um, <laughs> something scary. Everything from like a uh, Bloomhouse TV that you can see on like uh, Amazon right now with mm-hmm. like Evil Eye and also with Black Box, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk more about the importance of um, why, why Blumhouse and then also with working with them? Well, Blumhouse came to me um, and asked if I wanted to pitch a take on a reimagining of the craft, which um, was daunting and thrilling (laughs) because I'm such a fan of the original. Um, But, um, 
you know, I, we all, (laughs) yes, yes. As we all are. Um, but you know, I of course was so excited at the opportunity, not just because of the craft, but also to work with uh, at a place like Blumhouse, um, who is doing such incredible work. And I think, um, who's expanding within the genre in ways that are really exciting. You know, when you look at, like, I thought, I know many of us thought Get Out was a perfect film. Get Out was like, to me, um, it was so eye-opening in terms of what genre films could do and the way that they, the ways that they could um, sort of use allegory uh, as a as a conduit for social commentary. And um, and I think Blumhouse more and more is is taking those risks and 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 they did so with with me and this film as well. So I feel very grateful to them for that. You most definitely um, took the risks with this film and something I very much appreciate with this. With, um, for instance, um, going back to the earlier part of our conversation when uh, witchcraft has been depicted in different ways where it's like, oh, hexing and, Mm. you know, the evil witch type of a thing where within this film and not doing any spoilers with it, there is a, a call for a person to connect more with their higher self. Mm-hmm. So um, with things like that, with choices, with, um, you know, higher self choices, with choices of inclusivity, mm-hmm. you know, how how is it that you feel that that resonates? Could that resonate with people beyond the target audience of that inclusivity? In what ways do you think that that could resonate with others that might not be in that same experience? Well, I guess I hope to inspire all viewers um, to celebrate not only their own difference, but but the difference of of those outside of their communities and 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 the people that might be, you know, in their direct line of sight. Um, and I think something that I always come back to is that hurt people hurt people, you know, um, and. I wanted to explore that in this film that, you know, we are looking at toxic masculinity quite specifically. Um, but I also really wanted to look at the ways, um, that the systems that oppress women are also really harming men. And sometimes it's hard for men to recognize that it's hard for any of us, right. Who are benefiting from oppressive systems to recognize how much those systems are also harming us because the benefits, uh, are really at the forefront of our minds. And yet, um, and, and so I, I think I really wanted to look at that with some of the male characters too. And, and I hope that, that those storylines can resonate um, so that um, tapping into how, I think everyone has felt different, right? It's just what we do with that feeling. And uh, if you've been hurt and use that feeling to hurt, then hopefully this, this film can allow you to talk to that inner wounded child uh, that was, that was hurt so that you can stop hurting others. Um, And to really like call people in, right? Like that's like so much what this moment in history is about. It's like, you got to call people out and they got to call them in. (laughs) So so I'm hoping that this film can do that. (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. Um, let's, let's talk about some of the, uh, the scares and the witchiness, uh, some of the spookiness that we have for the season, um, with this particular film. Uh, yes, because, uh, um, and I, I very much, 
would love for all of our viewers to watch the craft before they come into this for a number of reasons <laughs> I won't go into uh, right now to just be able to get the full experience with it. But this does this film does stand alone um, mm -hmm. on its own feet. But uh, can we talk about some of the uh, scares that you have within this? And, the, and by that, I mean, like the spookiness that you have in this, uh, if you can just like say say things that maybe something from your own experience like maybe folklore urban legend that you enjoy that you brought to the table with this Ooh. well you know i personally am I, I i um am a fan of like tension in in scary movies like um i'm i'm a fan of like the spaces where you don't know when that thing is going to come, <laughs> um, which is really like the, that is so much um, a part of constructing a scare, which I learned a lot about on this film as a filmmaker. But um, for me, like the experience of being a young woman is very much about those tense spaces. <laughs> um, it's very much about like um, suddenly understanding yourself as prey um, and, and, not knowing where the danger lurks and not knowing when to trust that that gut instinct that that person might be dangerous or that situation might be dangerous and so i wanted to sort of use this film as an opportunity to um put those put those feelings into the context of a horror <laughs> of a horror movie and use that with the scares so you know lily is living in um in a home with men she's never uh, met before. And so, uh, there, there is potential danger around any corner and yet she's also being told to trust them. And so, um, I wanted to just play with that sort of gray area of when, when to trust and when, to, when to trust your, your own instinct. Uh, indeed. Oh, um, <laughs> thank you so much for this conversation. Um, thank I, you. Yeah, no, most definitely. I'm I'm very looking forward to our community uh, enjoying, uh, they loving uh, the craft legacy because it really is set in modern times with this. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. It's been so nice talking to you. You also. <laughs> this week's podcast stories were edited by Marquia McCarty, Sabina Graves, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Marquia McCarty. Audio edited by Fitz Harris and Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Annalise Nelson, Hannah Mullen, and Marquia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. <laughs>